Well, here's an encouraging note from a listener. There is so much more out there than the crummy job you hate right now. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, if you're thinking you have a crummy job, stick around. We're going to be talking about that and a whole lot more. One of our sponsors today is Casper Mattress. I'm going to tell you about some new updates with them here in a minute. Here's some of the questions we'll be looking at. Dan, how can I get paid for my writing? Common question. A lot of you want to be writers. How do you get paid for that? How do you make a living when you want to be a writer? Well, we'll look at that. How do you continually come up with new and fresh topics to discuss? How do you stay current? Hey, I'm excited about sharing with some of the things I do to have new ideas every week. Dan, can I be a superstar in selling while only working a 40 to 50 hour work week? Interesting question. Rabbi Daniel Lappin seems to disagree with you on the importance of enjoying our work. Well, we'll unpack that. You're right. He does. How can I market my coaching and training services? Well, here's our quotation for the day. It comes from Steve Jobs, who said, the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. Now, I'm going to stick with that quotation. There's a whole lot of quotations out there about the importance of enjoying our work. And you know I'm going to defend that. Yes, it is important. I don't think you can sustain work if you don't enjoy it. No matter how great the money is, even if it's using skills that you've got, don't think it's possible. Now, here, here's a larger quotation from Steve Jobs that encompasses the short one that I just read. But he says, your work is going to fill a large part of your life. And the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking, don't settle. As with all matters of the heart, you'll know when you find it. All right, we're going to frame some of the content, some of the questions around that thought. You can't do great work if you don't love it, if you're not passionate about it. Now, speaking of which, we've got some new resources that I want you to check out. Just go to wisdommeetspassion.com. It'll show you there, you know, the book that I did with Jared, my son, but we've got some new things up there. You can flip through parts of the field guide the questions that I think are important to ask some of the pictorial quotations that we did from that book. And we got some really cool packages, got a package here where you can get the book, you can get the audio and audio that Jared and I did just to accompany the book, not an audio reading of the book, but additional material. And you can get the field guide, the quotation book and a beautiful medallion that I wear around my neck every day beautiful medallion that Jared designed. It's designed like an African coin with a square hole in the center. And it says Ubuntu on one side has the African acacia tree on the other side, but Ubuntu means together we can do more than we can do individually. That's kind of the concept of Ubuntu, an African term. Anyway, we got a cool package, 48 bucks right now that you can get all those resources to help you identify what your passion is and how you're going to work toward that. 
You've heard me talk about the Casper mattress we have here in our guest house. It's the most requested room for people that come here. They hear me talk about it, and absolutely, they want to try it out. And again and again and again, talk about the refreshing deep sleep they had on a Casper mattress. Now, mattresses can cost well over $1,500, but Casper mattresses cost $500 for a twin size, $750 for a full, $850 for a queen, and only $950 for a king. And of course, they ship it right to you. You don't have to strap it on top of your car. It shows up in a box. You open it, spread it out, ready to go. Buying a Casper is completely risk-free. They offer free delivery and free returns with a 100-night home trial. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Again, just keep in mind, this is an obsessively engineered mattress that they've got. We absolutely love it. I encourage you to check it out. Go to casper.com slash sleepyoulove and use a promo code sleepyoulove to save $50 off your purchase. Again, remember, it's free shipping anyway, but you can save another $50. Just go to casper.com slash sleepyoulove. Use the promo code sleepyoulove. Well, I want to share with you some success stories. We've always got lots of them. I want to give you an update on the Ted Yoder deal. Now, I don't want to wear you out on this, but I just want you to be encouraged by what continues to happen. I told you that back on August 25th, Ted Yoder did in his backyard an old Tears for Fears song, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, and that somehow went viral. Now, I've given you some updates on what had happened on that it got viewed a whole lot of times. At this point, it's been viewed over 75 million times. Now, that's that comes from the Indianapolis paper. So I'm not just grabbing some loose statistic. They said it's been viewed over 75 million times. Because of that, it got the attention of Tears for Fears, the group. So lead singer Kurt Smith Drummer Jamie Wallum decided to drop by Ted and Donna Yoder's farm in Goshen, Indiana. They did a, a concert in Indianapolis. It's three hours away. They drove the three hours down to sit in the backyard along with Ted and his family and did the Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, again. Now, they did it. Now, this is really cool. I'm going to play you a little bit, a little clip of it here in just a second just to hear how informal it was done but i mean what a cool thing now i i talked to ted about this and asked how they're capitalizing on all the attention the initial video again 75 million times when they did this one with kurt and jamie live in their backyard now you'll you'll hear when when they did this they had to wait for a tractor that came down the road right outside their yard tractor with a manure spreader behind it. They had to wait till that went by. You see the, the pet raccoon running around. This was not professionally produced. They just set up in the backyard. There are kids talking in the background and they did this, but this one was viewed over 800,000 times the very first day that it was up. Now, I asked Ted how they're taking advantage of that. He said, Don and I have basically been trying to nurture our new friends, fans, bring them into the fold, hopefully turning them into super fans and also setting up things for more monthly Swiss dollars. We now have some capital to work with and a team that we've built around us. Now, this really exploded their business, obviously, and they are shipping out 
Ted's CDs where he's playing the hammered dulcimer faster than they can get them packed. He's screening all the requests that he's getting for live performances and setting up his schedule for the next year. I mean, some amazing things have happened. But again, that's an example of being faithful of just doing the little things, putting in your 10,000 hours. And yeah, we all hope for this kind of big explosion. You know, where Oprah mentioned you or whatever. This is doing the same thing. Now, check this out. I just a minute of this, just the intro of Everybody Wants to Rule the World in Ted Yoder's backyard with Kurt Smith, lead singer for Tears for Fears, singing it. And Jamie, the drummer, just banging on the little seat that he's sitting on as a drum. Check this out. Still hear tractor noise in the background. Now the tractor's farther down the road, a little splatter. Here comes Kurt. they went on and played the song what a what a cool thing to just have uh, the group take notice drive three hours to spend time with ted and to just informally do it again i mean what a a big boost to a business hey those are the kind of stories we want to hear here i mean obviously it doesn't have to be that ex- extraordinary but uh keep sending us your stories got some more here annie conter s- talked about from fired to hired and She says, 10 weeks ago, I posted freaking out about getting laid off due to office politics. Everyone was kind enough to post advice, and Dan even mentioned it on his podcast. I was able to take a deep breath and realize we're never alone in this journey. Now, she did. I mentioned it here. She had just been here for Coaching with Excellence and got fired, never anticipating she was in a governmental kind of office, never anticipating that, and she was really freaking out. She says, what a difference a couple months makes. Not only did it take me just six weeks to find a new job. Now, how many days is six weeks? If I do the math on that six times seven, oh, 42 in less than 48 days. She says, not only did it take me just six weeks to find a new job, but I had two job offers on the same day. The one I accepted working for my city's parks and rec department had 300 people apply for it. 300. And true to 48 days form, I knew what to do to make myself stand out having a rocking interview and followed up after the interview. It's a nice eight to five job that allows me a steady paycheck, a fast paced environment pays more than my last job. I get to speak Spanish every day. I love not speaking English and very nice people to work with. So getting fired was a huge blessing in disguise. It allows me my side hustle of blogging and writing. Now check this out. She says, Dan was nice enough to mention an open call for Chicken Soup for the Soul books that are accepting submissions. I pulled together a short story in a few hours, and I'm being published in their Curvy and Confident edition in December, which happens to be my blog topic. 
Curvy and Confident. If you're thinking about writing for them, they're taking submissions. Again, you can you can go to Chicken Soup for the Soul, check out submissions. I strongly encourage you to check it out if you ever wanted to write for them. So I was scared, close to broke, and miserable 10 weeks ago. I am now happily employed, working again on my side hustle, and getting published by year's end. If you're unemployed, thinking of giving up on your side hustle, trying to decide what the next move is, or just unhappy where you are in your work journey, there is so much more out there than the crummy job you hate right now. You owe it to yourself to work one more hour investigating new companies to work for, one more hour working your side business. I promise you, it pays off. While you might not see the dividends today or tomorrow, you will harvest what you're working so hard to plant right now. Well, thanks, Annie. Golly, what a delightful update. I commend you on taking action, getting back in the game. I know you were freaked out about losing your job, but here you are, like so many people, looking back now saying, hey, that was a huge blessing, one of the best things that ever happened to me. Well, Angela Chatham says, uh, I have a mastermind that meets every Tuesday from 5.30 to 6.30, Uh, Besides the normal idea sharing, providing feedback, goal accountability, we'll be doing periodic book studies so we can have open discussions on the material to learn and grow. We'll begin our first book study on October 4th with Brian Tracy's book, The Psychology of Selling. Increase your sales faster and easier than you ever thought possible. Uh, The Mastermind does cost $20 a month to join. However, you can attend your first meeting free and see if it's a good fit for you. If you go to pressingforward.org, you can just check that out, Angela's group. Now, again, congratulations, Angela, for putting together a group. Put together a little group, charge $20 a month to have people join in and do a book discussion together. I mean, how cool is that? If you have 20 people join, it's $400 a month. Great way to then leverage other things that you're doing. Awesome. Kent Julian answered a question that I just wanted to share. He says, I'm often asked this question, how far in advance is the typical speaking engagement booked? Kent says the answer is there's no such thing as a typical speaking engagement. For instance, in October, I have seven paid speaking contracts. Four contracts were signed months ago, while three were signed this week. Bottom line, if you do a good job consistently marketing your speaking services, event planners book you when it fits their schedule. So be easy to work with. Have systems and structures in place that allow you to book months, even years in advance, as well as only weeks in advance. Kent is an experienced speaker, obviously. Uh, He came to coaching with excellence, you know, got involved, started coaching, but then realized his real sweet spot was speaking to colleges and universities. And he does that. Yeah. says he has seven paid speaking contracts in October and he gets paid very well for those. Dennis says, uh, well, he, he, this is just a note. He says, Dan used my email in a recent podcast about a photo scanning side business. He said, I shouldn't do it. My wife and I took a step back and realized that Dan was right. It was too much work for not enough profit. He also said that I should just go straight to starting my computer consulting business. I've just formed my LLC and my new consulting business is about to launch. Just want to say thank you. I love 48 days. I'm enjoying the podcast as well. Keep up the great work. I'm also on board with Dave Ramsey's plan to get debt free. Well, congratulations, Dennis. Sounds like you're on a right path there. Harvey Raymer said that, um, well, he says, Dan, it's a pleasure to learn. It was a pleasure to learn from you and your family to innovate this summer. The inspiration and encouragement got me moving on some entrepreneurial ideas. One of those ideas turned into an online course called the Side Business Time Coach. 
It features quick and easy lessons that lead students toward a better understanding of their vision and the steps they can take to invest time strategically. I'd love to share it with the 48 Days community. Until the end of October 2016, everyone can get $5 off with coupon code 48DAYS. Now, here's the deal. I checked this out. It's really a great-looking course that Harvey's put together. It's at startontheside.com slash time. Startontheside.com slash time. Now, it's only $19.97 to start with. And if you use the coupon code 48DAYS, you get another 5 bucks off. Golly, sounds great to me. Love these stories. Love how you guys are making things happen. Keep it going. We want to put you in this category of knowing you are the champions. You got a success story? You can go to 48days.com. Click on the podcast link and you'll see there a red starburst where you can put your story there. Send it to me that way. Or you can just shoot an email to me directly at askdan at 48days.com. So again, if you got a success story, you've taken action, you're making things happen, or you got a question, shoot an email to askdan.com. At 48days.com. Uh, I want to remind you, Jen McDonald is doing the Thursday night group open group sessions where you just jump on Zoom and we have one of our coaches that's on there that are answering questions from the audience. Those are going really well. So if you're in 48days.net and I can't imagine that you would not be, uh, check out those. She'll send you an email. So you get those notices. Or you can just go to the events section on 48days.net and see what's coming up for this next Thursday. But it's a chance to really put your questions out there, interact with other people who are on the same path. Golly, great way to get information and get some of your questions answered. So you're racing against the clock to wrap up three projects, prepping for a meeting later in the afternoon, all while trying to tackle a mountain of paperwork. Welcome to life as a freelancer. Challenging? Yeah, but our friends at FreshBooks believe the rewards are so worth it. The working world has changed. With the growth of the internet, there's never been more opportunities for being self-employed. Now, to meet this need, FreshBooks is excited to announce the launch of an all-new version of their cloud accounting software. It's been redesigned from the ground up and custom-built for exactly the way you work. Get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly. The all-new FreshBooks is not only ridiculously easy to use, it's also packed full of powerful features. You can create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. Set up online payments with just a couple of clicks and get paid up to four days faster. You can see when your client has seen your invoice and put an end to the guessing games. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days and enter 48 days in the how did you hear about us section. All right, on to our questions. Dale says, on my goal list for this year, I've listed have one paid article, but I seem to struggle with this one quite a bit. I've had published work before, but nothing paid. One paid $25 a few years ago, but nothing since. What's the best way to approach this? Okay, lots of you are writers, and I hear this all the time. Gee, I'm writing, you know, somebody paid me 30 or $25, like Dale says, to write an article. How am I going to make a living on that? You're not. Nobody's going to make money just by writing. Now, obviously, I'm kind of generalizing down here. If you have, if you write the next purpose-driven life, or if you're John Grisham or Danielle Steele, 
certainly you get paid there, but I'm talking about writing articles for magazines. I don't know of anybody who makes a really reasonable living in just doing that. Here's what I would, I would share. And I, I've had hundreds of articles published in, in the last 10 years. I could count on one hand the number that I've been paid for. And I've written articles in magazines like Relevant, uh, Charles Stanley's In Touch magazine, New Man, AARP, Healthy Living, Deacon Magazine, Christian Single, Today's Pentecostal Evangel, The Lutheran Ambassador, Travel Professional, Success, and many, many more. Now, in that list of, you know, let me think a minute here. Let me look at the list that I just gave you. In that list of impressive magazines, there's just one where I get paid anything. That was AARP. It was a really interesting situation. Every December, their magazine focuses on people over 50 who are changing careers. So they contacted me, obviously. My material kind of fits that category, that description. Would I write an article? Sure, I'd be delighted to. I, I made that commitment. They came back a couple of days later and said, now, we've only budgeted $4,000 for compensation. Is that okay? Well, I was like, you got to be kidding me. You know, I would have done it for nothing. I was prepared to do it for nothing. Is $4,000 okay? Yeah, I think that'll work. Well, it was a surprise to me. I mean, that that magazine goes out to, they claim, over 38 million readers. Would I write for that magazine for free? Sure. But here's how I approach my writing. Why would I write for a magazine like that for free? Because I want my byline in there that says, for more information and free reports, go to 48days.com. My writing is nothing but a marketing tool. It's bait to get people to come to 48days.com where then they're introduced to the things where I do make money. So they can access courses that we've got, you know, audio programs that we've got, you know, books that we have. They can see about our mastermind. They can get involved in live events that we have, come to Coaching with Excellence or Innovate. My writing is just a tool to let people know about those things where we really make money. I never look to make money on the writing itself. Now, I know that can be frustrating, and I'm going to give you a, a tool here, Dale, I want you to check out, just jump on Amazon and check out Writer's Market Deluxe Edition 2017. The 2017 edition is already out. Now, what that has is that has over 7,500 listings for book publishers, magazines, contests, literary agents, more that you can, you'll get a disc with that. Well, you get a online access at this point where you can go and check daily updates and that'll tell you what magazines are looking for. And if they do pay how much they do pay, you know, we, you know, I've got a lady in our coaching mastery program right now who writes two magazines. I won't tell you which one, cause I don't want you to inundate them, but she writes for a magazine, two articles a month, and they want her articles to be 3000 words in length. She's very good at researching and writing. They pay her a dollar a word. So she writes 3,000 word articles, does two of those. Yeah, that's $6,000 a month. That's really rare. And it's not the approach that I take. She is positioning herself just as a writer, isn't looking to develop coaching, speaking, some of the other things that I talk about. So get Writer's Market Edition. You will get a whole lot of information in there about how to turn your writing you know, into income if you want to use it just for that by seeing magazines that do pay per word. It's not going to be much. And it's not a, a path that I would encourage, but certainly you can find places that do pay a little bit at least. Maybe that'll help uh, buy groceries for the week. 
Now, Constance says, how do you continually come up with new and fresh topics to discuss? How do you stay current? Well, probably no surprise knowing that I'm a writer. I'm a reader. I don't think you can be a great writer without being a great reader. For one thing, just for what it's worth. So I read a ton. I read magazines like Success, Inc., Fast Company, Entrepreneur, Wired, Mental Floss, The Intelligent Optimist, Reader's Digest, Birds in Bloom, you know, uh, and a whole lot more. And I read a lot of books, as you know. Some ideas are not new. I go back and circle back to great old books like How to Win Friends and Influence People, you know, written back in 1935. And then I listen to podcasts every day. I mean, a lot of people that you as listeners are familiar with, people like Pat Flynn, John Lee Dumas, Dave Ramsey, Michael Hyatt, Donald Miller, Ziegler Podcast, and my son Kevin host, Entree Leadership Podcast from Dave Ramsey's organization with Ken Coleman, um, Jeff Goins, Cliff Ravenscraft, Tim Ferriss. But I also listen to things that you may not be as familiar with, things like the TED Radio Hour, Exponential Wisdom with Peter Diamandis and Dan Sullivan. Golly, Michael Hyatt turned me on to that. Exponential Wisdom. It is mind-blowing. Peter Diamandis and Dan Sullivan talk about trends in longevity, things that we're going to see in the future. So it's not, you know, how to get more blog readers or how to run Facebook ads. It's, it's frankly, I get tired of the overload of some of that stuff in this space where a lot of us are, but I, I listen to a lot of information that is totally outside of that in the multiplier mindset podcast with Dan Sullivan, the feeling good podcast with um, my nutritionist, Dr. Phil Carson, you know, and a whole lot more that are in that kind of vein. So, and then plus having grandkids around, how can you have grandkids around or any kids around without seeing things new and fresh? I mean, so those things give me ongoing content every day. I can stay right here in my office. I don't have to go to parties, go to conferences or events, but I'm still going to be exposed to tons of new ideas because of the reading and listening that I do every day. Great question. Love your question. Um, Tiffany says, I, um, I love 48 days, everything you stand for. I've been listening and subscribing to you for about a year and has changed my life in ways unimaginable. For my day job, I work as a business manager for a local entrepreneur with a massive online platform. After listening to you, I know what I can do to help her build residual income. I get paid a flat weekly rate. And if I offered these ideas, they would create more work for me. And additional compensation is not guaranteed. Please lend me your advice on handling this situation. Thanks for all you do. Well, I would suggest, Tiffany, that you create a proposal for being compensated on the increased revenue. I mean, there's not an entrepreneur on the face of the earth that I know of who would not welcome a proposal for increased revenue. And if in that you showed how you were going to make that happen, but you wanted to share that, my gosh, that's, that's totally reasonable. I'd entertain that idea from anybody who wanted to show up. What I would suggest you do is to benchmark the current income and propose that you simply get, if this is online revenue, you know, so I'm going to, I'm going to just assume that there's no physical product. So it's increasing online revenue for information, tips, tactics, whatever. So I'm going to suggest that you propose getting 25% of the increase. Track where you were a month, a year ago this month. So in the month of October, see where you were for October of 2015, and then see where you are in that area of revenue for October, 2016. And you take 25% of the increase 
I mean, that's a no lose proposition for your employer. And just do that month after month. I mean, get creative with some kind of a proposal like that. I mean, I've got several people who are compensated for me based on those kind of arrangements, simply based on the increased revenue and they get a share. Absolutely happy to do so. Bill says, now this is interesting. I love this. Dan, I'm 53 looking at a new career. I started for an insurance company as an independent agent uh, working with the turning 65 marketplace. Okay. So, all right. So Bill is 53. He's starting out working in insurance. There are a few young guns that, as you say, are knocking it out of the park. They work days, evenings, weekends. And I found that I don't want to do that. I don't want to work that hard. I have financial needs that I need to meet, but I believe that I should and can meet them during a 40 to 50 hour work week. Is it okay to work at my pace and give to the job what I want to give instead of committing to 60 to 80 hours a week? Here's my feedback, Bill. I think those guys that are working 68 hours a week are idiots. I think they haven't figured out how to do things in an effective way. I think they haven't figured out what's really essential because I don't think you have to work 68 hours a week as a salesperson to be extremely successful. I mean, the most, the most successful real estate agents I know are not the ones that are available just Sunday mornings when they're sitting in church to get a text and get up and go show a house. No, those aren't the ones. The ones I know that are most successful work very reasonable hours. They aren't available 24-7, but they have systems set up in place that leverage their expertise and give them amazing, extraordinary kind of results. I, this was years ago, but I, I was doing recruiting for a proprietary school. You know, we were looking for kids that had graduated from high school but hadn't done much since then and looking to enroll them in training programs where they could become you know, truck drivers, hotel management people, travel agents, those kind of things. I didn't send out mailers or make appointments. I went to low-income housing areas. I would go out at night like once a week, put out flyers, and then he'd go back the next day to knock on doors. That was so successful at enrolling people. I brought on seven sales guys to duplicate my system where I managed them and got a big share of the revenue they generated. It was extremely successful. I also bought a phone machine. Now this wouldn't work anymore, but back then it did that would scroll through phone numbers and make automated calls in the evenings. Now this is one of those things that we all hate, but I, I did it again. This is years ago. I'd let it run from five o'clock to nine o'clock PM. And I'd come in and I'd always have 15 to 20 positive responses. Now, I'd have a lot of people on there, you know, slamming the phone and saying hateful things, but it was just automated. It wasn't hurting my feelings at all. And I'd come in and have 15 to 20 positive responses. I'd follow up and go see them and close a whole lot of those. You can do these kind of things in your market. Use things that develop systems and methods for you that leverage your time. So it's not just beating the sidewalk one more time. I don't know exactly, you know, how your insurance program is set up. But you can get leads that are qualified. I mean, just develop things where you're smarter than the young bucks that are working their fannies off by putting in a whole lot of hours. Don't have to do that. Guaranteed. Don't have to do that. Michael says, how do you make time to focus on and write down goals when you're trying to take care of family time and trying to make financial ends meet? How do you make the time to implement goals when the priority is to, to provide for the immediate financial situation? Well, here's the irony. 
here's the catch 22, Michael. If you don't take time to focus on goals, you'll spend a whole lot of time needlessly. You'll waste a lot of time. Making time to implement goals will give you more time to accomplish what's really important. It'll help you decide in advance what's really important. So you don't get distracted. You don't chase rabbits. I mean, if you just do what seems to be the most urgent, you'll continue to chase those rabbits in multiple directions. Setting clear goals allows you to narrow down the focus and be more productive. And we're not talking tons of time. I mean, I'm talking if you spend 30 minutes a week, it'll dramatically increase what you're able to accomplish, really doing the things that matter. Tell you what, here's a resource for you. My friend Michael Hyatt has a free resource. If you just go to michaelhyatt.com right now, it's on his front page and it's, um, it's his free guide and it's titled make more time for what matters most, but it's a free guide on how to do that planning. Now I have a goal planning system, you know, that we have as a free resource as well. But Oh my goodness. Am I big on this? If I didn't decide in advance, what's important There are a whole lot of things that seem to be urgent. You know, the emails plow in, but I know how much time I'm going to spend dealing with emails every day. I know how much time I'm going to spend writing blogs. I know when in the week I'm going to open the email box that has these podcast questions and how much time I'm going to devote to my podcast. It's the same every week, but it's, it's very important. It always gets done. Nothing interferes with it. I don't schedule appointments. You know, I don't, it's just, it's a priority for me. I am so convinced that by setting goals, you will have more time, not less. So when you're trying to take care of family, trying just to make financial ends meet, that's exactly the time to set goals so you can really be most effective, most efficient in what you do. Great question. Karen says, now this, this is the one where I get, I get challenged here. I just finished the book, Thou Shall Prosper by Rabbi Daniel Lappin then immediately stayed, started listening to the audio of the book you wrote with your son, Wisdom Meets Passion. I know Rabbi Lappin's book was one you recommend, and it was a good book, but I was struck by what seemed to be very differing opinions of work after finishing his book and beginning yours. On page 327, Rabbi Lappin says, focusing on what you personally happen to enjoy doing is no way to succeed in business. You should not be so concerned with what you enjoy. And... Karen continues, that's completely contradictory to what I've found in your ideas and my own experience. Is wanting to make money doing something you personally enjoy selfish, as he seems to suggest? Well, like I said at the top, I totally disagree with him on that point. Now, I want to kind of uh, sit there a minute. Does that mean that I dismiss his book? Thou shall prosper and don't want him to be my friend anymore. Heavens, no. We had breakfast recently. He emailed me, said, man, I'm going to be in Nashville. Can we grab breakfast? Absolutely. I went over to the hotel. We had breakfast together. He had his kosher breakfast. He's very Orthodox Jewish. I love that man. Love him. Do we disagree on this point? Absolutely. He comes from a very um, utilitarian approach to work. You see what needs to be done. You see if, if men need hats, by golly, start a hat business. Because 
you can make money doing that, providing a need, even if you don't particularly enjoy hats and don't want to wear one yourself. Uh, see, I, I think there are too many options to settle for that. Can you do that? Yes. But again, I think without passion, you are absolutely missing one leg of a three-legged stool. And as I say over and over again, that stool is going to fall over. I think work that includes only your talent and money, the other two legs of the stool, is unsustainable. I've, I've worked with too many people over the years, attorneys, dentists, physicians, who have proven their ability to do what they do, and they're making extraordinary money, and they hate the life they've created and are looking for an escape hatch. I don't think you can st- sustain work without passion. It goes back to our Steve Jobs quotation at the beginning here. I believe that. Uh, so we do differ on that. You're right. You, you picked that up. You're absolutely right. We differ on that. He's a dear friend. We'll continue to be so. We differ on that point dramatically. And, and you know, the Bible says there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. I mean, do I expect everybody to take every word that I say, you know, as gospel truth? Well, no. I mean, I expect people to listen to me and to listen to 10 other people and then make their own good decision about what makes sense for them. So when, when, when we look for the truth, we ultimately define what our truth is. Now, that's another kind of slippery slope we could go down, especially as we get into theological areas, but this is not one of those. But for the most part, sure, we decide what's true for us. So read, read Rabbi Lappin, read me. You decide what makes the most sense for yourself. While Emma says, Dan, thanks so much for your podcast. I'm planning my exit from employee status as I really want to, uh, I, I want to use my full talents in the workplace. These include coaching, training, writing books. I have several books on Amazon now. Any tips on ways in which I can sell these books and how to market my coaching and training services? Yes. I mean, I spend a lot of time, my, my coaching, 99% of my coaching is done with coaches who want to build their audiences want to build their business. That's exactly what I do. So here's my tips for you, Ama. One number one is to have a clear value proposition statement. Know real clearly what it is that makes you distinct. And that value proposition statement, you can have a three-part statement, and it goes like this. I help blank. Do, know, understand blank. So they can blank. Filling those blanks out gives you your value proposition outline. So you can then quickly tell somebody when they say, what do you do? Wow, I help high potential individuals understand their greatest talents and abilities and apply those in meaningful daily work so they can thrive financially and leave a legacy. You know, that's kind of mine real quickly, but do that. Do your value proposition statements so you know how to share that with people. When we talk about writing, speaking, training, the things you're talking about here. You've already heard me talk about writing. I don't think writing is a good source for generating income. Even now with the the things that I have out there in a written form, and I've got a lot of things out there, I see those as just tools to draw people in to the coaching, training, speaking, live events, the courses, the other things that we have available. But a clear value proposition statement is the beginning. Now, if you are transitioning 
a couple weeks ago, I talked about using 15 hours. You can dramatically move your coaching, training, writing career forward using only 15 hours a week. If you divide them as follows, three hours of that time should be spent reading, studying, gathering new knowledge. Four hours should be spent creating content. So working on a new book, a course, identifying your coaching packages, some of the things that you're writing would be applicable for. Four hours working directly with clients. So even now, as you're looking to transition, I would encourage you work to have those four hours working directly with clients. Four hours, the remaining four hours, marketing efforts to build your brand and reputation. What beginning coaches tend to do is spend 15 hours reading, studying, gathering new knowledge. And perhaps even writing, you know, writing blogs, you know, putting Facebook posts up, whatever, identifying their coaching package. But they spend their entire time just in those areas of gathering new knowledge. Now, I'm saying from day one, if you want to transition, use four hours of the 15 to work directly with clients. Now, how can you do that? You do that by engaging with people. You do that by engaging with people immediately. I mean, you, you will do more to get a coaching client by going down and spending the afternoon in a coffee house than you will by writing a blog or doing a post on Facebook or fancying up your website. Get out and talk to people so that you have a, an opportunity to say, wow, where do you want to be five years from now? Have you ever thought about doing this? What is your plan to actually bring that into reality? Oh, gee, I, I work with people. I kind of coach them along in how to do that. You know, here's a couple of ways that I typically work with people. You know, which of those would seem to work best for you? And you can very naturally in your conversations, we had a coaching mastery call yesterday and people sharing about how just in their normal conversations, I mean, be that at the grocery store, the dry cleaners, or walking down the street in their neighborhood, or being visiting somebody in a hospital room with stories from all those about people turn those chance, random encounters into paid coaching clients. So you can do the same. Incidentally, you know, uh, Obviously, we, we talked to a lot of people who are looking to transition. When we talk about transitioning into some kind of a sideline business and you're going to spend 15 hours a week doing that, there's a combination of money and time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to massage this some. If you got some ideas to help me on this, shoot them into me. But I'm going to massage this idea, this combination of money and time. If you don't have any money, then invest your time. With a lot of ideas that we're talking about today, it doesn't really require a whole lot of money, but it is going to require some focused time. So if you don't have any money, invest your time. If you don't have time, invest your money. So if you don't have time, you can get somebody to do a website for you. You can have somebody draw from other kind of coaching packages to get some that look good for you, modify them, make them your own. I mean, you, so you don't have time, but you have money, invest that. Well, now here's the other part. If you don't have either time or money, don't start a business. Don't kid yourself. Don't, don't think that something magic is going to happen. You're going to get lucky. No, you have to invest time or money. Ted Yoder did not get where he is without investing a whole lot of time. He didn't have a whole lot of money to invest. I know that he shares that readily, but he did invest time and that investment of time led to the kind of results that he's seeing now. Well, one more quickly. Rusty says, thanks for all the help and advice you've given to so many. Should I ask for a resume when looking for an employee? I was thinking I would rather have someone send a letter telling us why they would like to work for our company and how they can help. 
The resume and references can come later if we like what we hear. What do you think? Also, do you have any ideas on finding new employees? Yeah, I do. I mean, I always start when we need somebody, we use our current center of influence. We ask the people who already know us, who would you suggest? We get referrals. I mean, the people that we have on our team, um, nobody came from just a blind, open kind of search. And that also gives you kind of an insight into how most companies hire. I mean, if you see just a random ad being posted out there on the internet somewhere from a company, they've probably exhausted the most logical ways for getting a new employee because the best what companies knows the best way to get a new employee is to have their employees refer somebody to them. I mean, so it comes from internally again, if you're looking for a job, so you ought to get inside in terms of knowing people that work somewhere. If you want to work at that company, that's one of the great job strategies out there that can help you in that regard. So, do you need a resume? No, resumes really, that, that's a really loose term at this point. There are people that are doing audio resumes, video resumes, doing graphic resumes. I mean, any of those things, depending on what kind of position you're looking for, if you want to be creative, you can certainly do that. So be realistic about the focus for your job and then decide if you need a traditional resume or not. Rusty, with what you're looking for, um, it's not unreasonable just to have somebody sh send you a letter telling you why they'd like to work for your company. But ultimately I suspect you are going to want to see some kind of a resume, some kind of an overview of their background, history, academic credentials, and so on. Uh, it doesn't have to be in a formal resume. And those are kind of going by the wayside. Big companies like Google and Yahoo, others are using very creative ways to interview people. And if they, read a resume at all, they may start at the bottom where they're more interested in the fact that you played in a rock band to support yourself going through college, you know, or mowed yards than the fact that you get a BS in political science, which is, you know, probably worth a little more BS and that's about it anyway. So yeah, you can be very creative, very creative for sure. Well, Hey, we're about at the end of our time here already. Just want to remind you, we do have, Live events coming up here. Well, I make no apology about sharing those because it's the most powerful, transformative, life-changing thing that I have to offer you. Coaching with Excellence, our next one is going to be in January. Just go to live events, check it out. We're going to be sending out, if you're on our mailing list, we're going to be sending out four videos this week to just give you an overview of some of the things we'll be covering there, help you decide if that's a good fit for you or not. And then, of course, in February, we've got our Ultimate Advantage Cruise coming up. I'm so excited about that. Joanne is so eager for sunshine. She was going to fly to Hilton Head this week. She flew to Charlotte, talked to her sister who lives on Hilton Head, and the governor had just said they needed to evacuate the island. She turned around, got a flight back to Nashville. She's so desperately disappointed because she was ready for sunshine didn't get the sunshine but she's looking forward to february you can join us for a sunshine week on the ultimate advantage cruise go to our live events you'll see all the details there for that our focus is going to be living well doing good how can you thrive financially even while you're doing good i need to invite rabbi daniel lapp he'd be a great resource for that as you know one of my trusted friends do we differ on some things yeah but can he shed light on how to thrive financially while doing good yeah, well, he'd be great on that. Hey, join us for those. As always, thanks for being part of this growing group of 
where we are, in fact, finding, or many of us are creating. A lot of you are sharing stories about not finding the perfect position, the perfect job, the job about which you're passionate, but you're creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Congratulations. Let us know those stories. Keep doing what you're doing. Share the word out there. Yes, you can love your work. Have a great week. 